Hello, nurses, and welcome to the Healthy Nurse Connection. This is a podcast where we talk about all things nursing, whether you're a seasoned nurse, a new nurse, a nursing student, or even thinking about becoming a nurse. This is a podcast for you. We talk about nursing, the hardships, the wins, the goals, and how to live your best nursing life. I'm Leslie Catalan, your host, and this is the Healthy Nurse Connection. Hello, nurses. Thank you for joining me again at the Healthy Nurse Connection. I am Leslie Catalano, your host. And today we are talking with Valerie Propsfeldt, who is also a nurse and a mom. And she has a podcast herself that uh, she does on a regular basis. And so we are going to talk to her and find about all about her. So Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, I'm glad that you're able to come. I'm glad we're able to connect. So just to start, I really just always ask our guests, like, especially if you're a nurse, like what was the reason you became a nurse? What is your why for like joining the nursing field? Yeah. And thank you for asking that. I think that's so great to reflect on. And to be honest, like thinking about it, I feel like I was called to be a nurse. If there was like one particular thing that like when I was growing up, there were so many things that I wanted to be like, I am a musician. I play the flute. So I studied for that for a while. I graduated with my bachelor's in nursing as well as music. So I kind of like added nursing on, but there was one particular moment I remember in nursing school, actually, no, sorry, it wasn't at nursing school. It was uh, my music school. So I was in piano class and this was before I knew really anything about nursing, but there was a substitute instructor and she was a nurse and she was telling us how she felt when she was in the OR and preparing patients for surgeries and how it was just so interesting and comparing it to performing on stage. And I don't know what it was about that moment, but it really just kind of lit something in me. And I'm like, hmm, I never thought about nursing. And I really like, you know, these medical things. I've always been interested in, in it. So let me look into it. And I remember it was like a week or two later, we had some medical emergency in the music department and I helped with that event. And I remember just being, feeling so alive, like I was able to help someone. And then later on in the day, I was sitting in like my recital class and being like, like just comparing the two. And I'm like, you know, I really think this is what I'm called to do. And it was just an interesting moment where I think life sometimes will give you those little signs of what you're here on this earth to do. And so I'm so glad that you know, the universe, God, or whatever that is, showed me that opportunity. And I kind of heeded the calling. Yeah. I, you know, I've asked several nurses now, like their why, and it always seems like it comes to this like inner calling to just, yeah, yeah, to be in that field. So I think that is really, really great. And I think that's something that we all feel at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us a little bit about like what you have done in your nursing career and like what you're doing now. 
Yeah. So I have done so many things. I think a lot of it's just this, me trying to find myself. And so I started, I became a nurse in 2007 and actually knew I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. So I went straight into nurse practitioner school. I went to Bradley University for my undergrad and applied to a bunch of NP schools. And I applied to Yale and I was like, I didn't even know they had a nurse practitioner program, but that'd be kind of cool to go there. So I I was accepted and I'm like, well, I guess I have to go here because I'm like, I want to see what it's like. And so I enrolled in their FNP program and it was a great opportunity, studied so much and tried to see where do I fit in? Like I knew that I liked working with children, but I didn't really know much else. So an opportunity arose right after graduation to start in a pediatric neurology unit out in Texas. So I was like, I just moved to Connecticut a couple of years ago. I was in the Chicago area beforehand, but why don't I try Texas? It was kind of like I was in my twenties and just wanted to see, you know, life is so many open doors. And so I moved to Austin, worked in pediatric neurology and the teachers that I had, the neurologists, the nurse practitioners, the nurses, they were amazing. Like I did not know really much at all about, you know, seizures. We maybe had one lecture or something on it, but I learned like just, I'm so thankful for those colleagues that I had that taught me about it and that experience. So I worked in PD Neuro for a good, like, I don't know how many years now, but it, it was a few years and moved, met my future husband, moved to Dallas because his job was out there and continued to work in neurology and more education settings. And then essentially the state of Texas was saying like, you have to get your acute care certification if you want to keep working. And I wasn't really interested in doing that. So I was like, well, let me try primary care, preventative care, you know, like really embrace my family nurse practitioner certification. So I did, you know, retail health clinics and you know did volunteer clinics, mostly with pediatrics, but I am so thankful for everything I learned along the way. And I also So did a lot of teaching in adjunct teaching roles as well. So that's kind of been my journey. I've always had kind of a special interest in neurology just from my, you know, from the beginning when I started, but also the, I really love that education part and the preventative practice, like the trying to educate our patients on living a healthy lifestyle and how do we get the change steps to work? How do we, I think the first step of change is sometimes the hardest of being aware of change. And I think that, you know, all these experiences over the past, I guess, more than decade now is going to shape who I am today and what my passions are. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you've uh, moved around quite a bit too, which yes. I did early in my career also. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a travel nurse for a short time, but it was, yeah, yeah it was fine to do that. I um, would have loved to do travel nursing. I would, if I could go back in time and maybe someday I'll do that. Yeah. I, my kids are older. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, how, how many kids do you have and how old are they? So I have three kids, eight, five, and three. So they yes. are always keeping me busy and it's a beautiful chaos. I like to yeah. say. <laughs> I'm actually like almost in the same like realm as you. Cause I have yeah. three boys nine, five, and two. <laughs> mm, yep. Yep. They are. Oh, that sounds so much fun. Yeah. So much fun, but so busy at the same time. Yes. Always busy, especially <laughs> we're in like sports, like so that oh. just goes all the time. Yes. Um, but yes. 
So in your podcast, what I love about it is that not only do you, you know, you're a nurse, but you're like a mom first. And so your podcast really focuses on how to like control, like not just control your emotions, but like where they might be coming from and like how to handle like your stresses as a mom. So what even like led you down the path of like wanting to do a podcast around that? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. And I actually, I would say the biggest change in me was when I became a mom and I went from trying to study motherhood. Like it was an examination of, I'm going to get this perfect A plus score in motherhood. Like I, you know, I had growing up, like I wanted to be a different mom. My parents did the best they could with the resources they had, but I always am like, Oh, I want to do things differently. And I feel like we all kind of struggle with that. Like, here's what I want to do. Um, and here's what I don't want to do. But once my baby, my first was born, she was taken away within 10 minutes, um, to the NICU. And I did not study for that. I was like, I, I don't know what to do now. Like this, this kind of this facade, this control that I thought I had, I don't have. And it was a very eye-opening experience and very transformative for me because we didn't stay long in the NICU. It was only for a week or so, but I experienced healthcare from a different side. I experienced it from the patient side when I was always on the provider side. And I think I had this unique perspective of, okay, I'm, you know, attending rounds and I see baby girl, you know, labeled as baby girl, but she's my baby girl at the same time. And so how do I kind of balance this? And I say sometimes on my podcast, like, you know, we fill out this birth certificate for ourselves, like, or for our, for our babies, but we also essentially fill out one for ourselves. Like I'm naming my baby and it's taking me so many years and thoughts and, but we also become mom or mother. And I think a lot of times it's easy for that name mother to replace what our original name is. So like, and I remember that in the NICU, like that no one called me Valerie. It was mom, do this, mom, do this. It's like overnight, my name changed and mom or mother, it's a beautiful name, but also there's so much more to me. And society has all these expectations of moms and we ourselves have these expectations. Like I thought I was going to be this perfect mom. And I quickly realized that I'm not. And I know throughout the first couple of years, you know, we had like some medical procedures that we went through and that illusion of control just time and time again, I think it was just that calling of there is a reason why I am like, I hate that we had those experiences, but I'm glad that I experienced them so I can be passionate and help others know that it's okay not to be perfect. Like we are imperfect people, imperfect moms. And in fact, when you look up like mother in the dictionary, there's a noun that title mother, as well as the verb, which I thought was interesting that mother is a verb. I never thought about it in that way. And when, yeah, uh, yeah, Merriam-Webster says mother as a verb means to give birth or to give rise as well as to care for or protect. And when you think about that, like what does all of those things? And it really is love, or at least that's what I feel like, or I believe it is. Love gives birth, allows our families and ourselves to rise, allows us to care and protect. And all I really have control over at the end of the day is that is loving in the moment and living in that present moment because there is going to be chaotic environments like 
you know, for me, like my baby was taken to the NICU, like, or, or I don't know, we're running late for school or, you know, or whatever that is like from like these crazy, like really stressful experiences, just the mundane stressful experiences. And we're not going to be perfect, but recognizing that and saying, okay, how do I do that? How do I do the next moment in the name of love? And with my neurology background, like I think about it is like creating new pathways in your brain. So like we have mental highways and mental backroads. And I tend to have mental highways of frustration, anxiety. And, you know, if we're running late, I'm like, okay, we need to get in the car. I'm yelling and blah, blah, blah. But if I take a step back and say, okay, instead of reacting to whatever this is that my fear center is essentially like making up in my brain of all these worst case scenarios of what is, what's going to happen if we're late. If I take a step back and say, you know, it's going to be okay. Like my, my fear center is essentially just giving me a false alarm. Like it's going to be okay if we're late. And really in the present moment right now, I, it, this is a beautiful moment. I mean, it's a chaotic moment, but it's still how my kids want to play with me. They want to be with me. They want to play with cars. They want to, you know, sing songs and just to embrace that. I mean, obviously we still need to get places and do those things, but just kind of taking a step back and just experiencing the moment for what it is. Cause it really is a beautiful, beautiful fleeting moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody told me one time and this really kind of hit home for me because I was like, I don't know, like as soon as baby number three came, like everything overwhelmed me. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was just constant, like overwhelming. And I really felt like, I don't know, like it was just hard to do anything. And it was so so frustrating to me. And then somebody was like, you know, this is temporary. It's just temporary. Like, it's not going to be like this forever. And like, that was something that I really like held on to. Like, yeah. And I think it was even my husband who said it. He's like, you know, this is just temporary, babe. We can get through this. <laughs> and so yeah. in Absolutely. my really stressful moments, I just have to step back and like remind myself like, okay, I'm frustrated right now for whatever reason. Like I can't go for a run because all my three kids are home or I can't, you know, like get the dishes done. But it's like, and then a couple of years, like I'll probably be able to do all those things again. So just be in the moment, which is hard though. <laughs> It's so hard. And that's what I feel like it's like a daily, sometimes hourly struggle to do that. And some days are better than others. I mean, like I know this weekend I was in my head, like I was annoyed, frustrated, like that I wasn't able to do anything. And I think, you know, two things of like, just kind of recognizing it. And again, that's that steps of change that we teach our patients with like, you know, education and stuff of being aware of our feelings. And it's okay to have those feelings. Like it's okay for me to like, be frustrated, but just saying, okay, that's a highway, having that self-compassion of that's a highway in my brain that I tend to have, but be, you know, allowing that imperfection because life is not perfect. And then being like, well, maybe I can just, you know, reset. Maybe like, I know this weekend, my husband was here. So I had the opportunity to take like a few minutes just to kind of rest my eyes and lay down, which I know sometimes we can't do, but you know, whatever that is, like maybe stepping outside in in, in nature for a second, just whatever works for you to kind of do that reset. And it took a few hours to be honest for me, my brain to kind of get back into, okay, like 
I don't want to be in my head all day. So I was like, well, let me just, I don't really want to right now, but let's just make gingerbread cookies. It was Sunday night and I didn't really want to, but I was like, well, that may be fun. And I actually, I turned my phone off and we just did that. And I had a, a really nice time, like, and, but you know, not every day we can make cookies. It was just kind of like, I'm going to embrace the moment for what it is instead of like, cause I'm essentially taking time being frustrated. So, you know, right. I don't have time to be frustrated either. So I'm either going to bake cookies with this time, or I'm going to sit and be annoyed right now. So what kind of, what path am I going to choose? And sometimes like I may take that, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit and just like take that time to myself, but all of it is just saying it's okay. Like life is not perfect. And I think just kind of throwing perfection as well as failure, like those two words out of the English language, like I just don't like them because if you look at the world and you look at nature, I mean, it's like the winter time up here now and, um, in Illinois and like you see all of this, like it's cold, the, the sunlight's you know, like the days are short and um, it's definitely not perfect compared to the summertime and it being warm. But like in the fall, for example, like decreased sunlight that produces those beautiful colors. I mean, that's, and those beautiful colors in the leaves are what's inside. So sometimes it's that these moments where we're just frustrated and we don't know what to do and like our lives are not what they used to be. Just embracing that and giving yourself compassion. Yeah. Yes. Self-compassion, I think is a big one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think my hardest time of day is like trying to come home from work when, you know, you've mm-hmm. been, and then you're tired from work and then you got to like cook dinner and you have like a million yes. like distractions while you're trying to cook dinner. Yes. Yes. I absolutely like, I am in such a dinner cooking rut too. I mean, like the, the gingerbread cookies were really like a big deal for me because I like never do anything in the kitchen. I'd be like, and I, but yeah. And I think for me, giving myself grace with that, or at least like, there's a lot of times like we have, I don't know, dino nuggets and fruit and veggie pouches, you know, like those little fruit and veggie pouches. I don't even know if they're good, but I'm like, well, they're kind of getting vegetables that way, yeah. you know, <laughs> but simplify it's okay. it. Yes. I mean, and it's just like, but then I think about it and I'm like, oh, you know, I can, I can do whatever that is a different day. Like I'm just enjoying time or relaxing or doing what I can. I think really, I guess that's kind of a long winded answer for it's okay not to be perfect. I mean, really it, life is, it, it can be more simple than we, I think so many times make it harder than it has to be. Yeah. Me included. How have you learned to balance like your work life, you know, situations? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm in a unique position right now. Like after the NICU experience, I really had a different view on healthcare, to be honest. I was very passionate about advocating for patients and families and decreasing medical bullying. Like we experienced a lot of that. And I think that through all those experiences, I kind of decided to be do non-traditional nursing at that point. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know what I want to do with healthcare, but life is short. And I want to, I mean, we were fortunate to have the opportunity for me to kind of take a step back, you know, and just do more teaching and do, and I started writing. I, writing like, was very therapeutic for me, especially with the experiences that I, we were having of just 
you know, writing out my thoughts. And so a couple of years ago, I decided I'm going to write a book on everything that I have learned and I'm still learning. Because again, like I think we're all in this together in the community. So I want my book to essentially be this community of, you know, we're all navigating life together as as moms and doing the best we can and helping subsequent generations and kind of empowering us to have that power because we are more powerful than we think. The name of your book? Um, So it's not published yet, but it's called Two Mom is to Love. And so I'm going to be over the next year. I mean, again, like just with three kids, it's hard to (laughs) to do anything, I feel like. But over the next year, it'll be coming out. So I and so a lot of my podcast and all that is essentially like just I talk about stuff that I write about and I like to interview guests that talk about just real things because life is messy and we talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But in answer to your question, so I would say I'm busy in different ways now. Like I'm not necessarily going to work all the time in the traditional nursing sense, but I am obsessing sometimes about my writing or what I need to do. And like, you know, I guess just the to-do list, we always have a to-do list and I can easily let my to-do list kind of take over my life. But I think what has helped me is to, on my to-do list, like be intentional about it and say time to myself. Like when I was training for a half marathon last year, I would literally put like, okay, here's how many miles I'm going to do. Or, you know, or maybe like, I don't know, just watching a movie with your kids or something like, or, or, going for a walk, putting that on your to-do list. And for me being like a type A person, I like to cross off things. It gives like a great yes. it's a wonderful feeling. Yes. Yes. So having that like reward of that crossing off and like, so then it becomes kind of that a habit. But I mean, from gosh, I remember those busy days when I was, you know, practicing all the time, burning myself out, like where you need, uh, it's so much easier said than done, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that was so hard for me. Like I remember like just being so stressed and like, I it actually for me I kind of developed a lot of OCD type feelings and anxiety because I was just so stressed out when I was working and that's also part of why I knew I needed to take a step back from the traditional nursing role because it was just I was taking work home with me mentally. Yes. And it was just you know and and I'm glad that the mental health and awareness is now more out there cuz I didn't realize the resources I had. I thought I was in my head so much and I thought I was the only one that like but- every- yeah, that, that's okay. No, that's why like I wanted to have these conversations and really create the Healthy Nurse Connection because I have a very similar story. Like once my children mm-hmm. were born, I had a very hard time with that work-life balance and I couldn't leave it at the hospital all the time. It can't like because I gave yeah. all of myself to the hospital. By the time I came home, if my son wasn't feeling well or my husband, you know, what I had no, nothing left to give them. And that was when, so I kind of want to circle back just to say that like, this is an experience that a lot of nurses feel. So when you talk about like a non-traditional nursing role, like what exactly was that for you? So this was over the scope of a couple of years. So I, this was when I was still in Dallas, I took a step back from 
I, I was in, gosh, I'm trying to remember how many hours I was working, but it was like a, one of those like retail health clinics. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. So what else can I do? And so I found it was like a, t- a patient education, primary care, virtual wellness checks. So that's what we, I did that. But part-time, I remember it was only like two or three days a week. I, I started with that and then teaching adjunct faculty or like being like an adjunct faculty. I did that. And I am fortunate that I know. So for like nurse practitioners, there's two certifying boards. I'm with ANCC. I don't necessarily need practice hours. So I like really looked into what, and that so varies on states, on your certification, so many things, but I wanted to know like, how can I keep up my license, but still do things that can fill my cup up now. So I encourage like, if you're feeling burnt out, like see, I I don't know, like with the state of Texas, you do have to have practice hours. This is all like more nurse practitioner stuff, but I did volunteer clinics and I actually really enjoyed doing that because that was, I was filling my cup up, but I also felt like I was helping other people and everyone there wanted to be there. And it was a very like, just nice environment. Um, and I was getting those practice hours in. Um, but really, um, after that though, I mean, we were fortunate that I was able to kind of take a step back once we started having more kids and saying, okay, I really just want, my husband was very supportive of this writing. And so I think writing now is very much the writing and the podcasting is like my non-traditional nursing now, like that's what I'm doing. And I mean, I don't know eventually if I will go back, but I really want to empower moms, but also nurses, healthcare workers in that, you know, we are doing so much for ourselves, for our patients, for our families, but we have to fill our cup up first. It's like, I mean, I know it's so overused, but that oxygen mask saying of like, just putting that mask on first, because our kids, they want us to, they want us to also be doing things for ourselves. Like they want, they don't want a perfect mom. They want you, they want they want their mom. They don't want a perfect mom. And right. so whatever that is, I mean, I think that, you know, and that's different for everyone. And and I know um, a lot of us like have an identity with nursing. And if that's part of yes. your identity, that's, that's, I mean, that's great. Like well, that's, I, I think I want to highlight too, that like, yes, I strongly identify with like being a nurse and that is like part of who I am. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not practicing bedside right now either. I am yeah. also in like a non-traditional nursing role. Like I, I'm an instructor at a community college. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a blog as well that I write. And so I've kind of gone into that writing realm as well. But yeah. I think it's important to tell nurses that like your degree is versatile. Like you don't yeah. have to just to be at the bedside. There are so many other things out there and we actually don't even get to utilize all of our skills and like what we were like trained to do at the bedside because we're constrained to what has to be done. It's like the ultimate to-do list at the bedside that we don't actually get to practice what being a nurse truly is. So, Mm. and such a good point. Yeah. And like, I felt like a huge amount of guilt when I stepped away from the bedside and I still have this every once in a while, but like, why? (laughs) I still haven't come to this conclusion of like, why am I like, I am still out there, like 
helping in my community and doing things like it didn't, I don't necessarily have to be at the bedside. So like, even if you feel like guilty about it, like, I think that's just part of being a nurse. Also, we're just like selfless and think that we have to suffer (laughs) to like Mm -hmm. give back. But I think it's important to say that like, we really don't have to. And if you're in a work environment that is not helping your, your life or mental life, your mental health, then you can look for other ways. There's other avenues out there and you can still be a quote unquote nurse and do that. Yes. You're still an amazing nurse, whatever you're doing. I love that, that it's just, yeah. A nurse is, gosh, we, I am so thankful to be a nurse because I know like, for example, like when I was in the NICU, those nurses were what kept me going. Like I, I am so thankful for that. And I think sometimes we downplay our role as, Oh, I'm just a nurse or, you know, but like, it's not just like, that is an amazing, amazing, like I, you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of all of you, of all the nurses out there. Like we are just amazing. Like we're doing amazing work. And so whatever that is, I mean, I think that it brings me, I feel like over the past, you know, six or seven years now, I'm, I'm more on the patient side, to be honest, than on when I'm in a hospital than on the provider side. So I see things that I wouldn't have noticed before. And I have some PTSD from the NICU and I will travel back in time, like in my head when I go, I remember one time I was in the emergency department and I immediately was, I was not in the present. Like I was terrified in that fight or flight. Like I wanted to get the heck out of that hospital and I wanted to protect my child. The only way I knew how, which was leaving. And I remember the nurse, she hugged me and that's really the only thing I remember other than that. Like it just, that, that grounding of, you know, just that hug that's, that made all the difference. And so it just, we're doing beautiful work, but just trying to remember that. I mean, it, and it wasn't the charting, it wasn't the to-dos and I was on the patient side and all I, all I needed was a hug and, right. you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. I love that story. Yeah. So when is your book coming out? So it'll be sometime, I don't have the exact date, but it'll be sometime next year, like later on in the year I have. So I have an email subscriber list that can, if, if you don't mind me telling your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to join my email subscriber list, I have, I don't spam you. I promise. I only emails like once or twice a month on updates on just mom stuff. And, and so I will update you on when the book will be coming out and any local events. I'm starting some local events as well as hoping to do some virtual events. So my first local event will be in February. We're going to have like a mom's night out and I'm going to talk a little bit, but also just enjoying our company, like in, like filling our cup up. So I hope that really, I, I just want moms to know that they're important and that we're doing such powerful work and nurses as well. Like you're doing such powerful work and it's these little things like that hug that like yeah. makes all the difference. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And your podcast name, is it to mom is to love also? 
Yes, I think the icon says just two mom on there. I need to fix the icon, but it's two mom is to love with Valerie Propsfeld NP. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and I interview a bunch of guests on all sorts of topics, but real topics. So like I, I want to just make sure that our goal is to empower moms, but to know resources available. Like with this, you know, when I was experiencing those OCD thoughts, like I had no idea there was like, there's you know, postpartum international, like there's all sorts of things out there that right. make you know that you're not alone. And yes. that's the biggest thing. Like we are not alone. That's wonderful. Well, yeah. we will post all your information in the show notes as well. So if you guys want to go back and look up Valerie and all of and sign up for her newsletter, you'll be able to do that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for coming today. I'm glad that we um, finally got the time to stay and chat. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, we'll have to have you back like once your book is out and everything. So you have to keep me up to date as well. And then we can talk about that. I would love that. Thank you. 